Hey everyone, welcome to Cloud Masters. I'm your host, Matan Bordeaux. I'm joined by my co-host, Sam Clark. And this episode is for anyone using Kubernetes out there. Um, we're gonna talk about Kata, or uh, otherwise known as Kubernetes event-driven autoscaling. Try saying that five times. Uh, I'm joined here by Chimbu and Miguel, both of them for Do It. Um, before we get started, why don't, uh, we'll start with Chimbu. Why don't you introduce yourself, kind of what you do at Do It, um, and uh, and we'll then we'll just jump off into the topic. Yeah, thanks, Matan. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, hi, my name is Chimbu. I'm a uh, senior cloud architect at uh, it. I'm also a Kubernetes specialist. I help with customers on reviewing the Kubernetes architecture, uh, implementing best practices, fixing and troubleshooting their problem. So that's that's my day job. Uh, I'm all I'm all the way to Kubernetes. Over to you, Miguel. Uh, thanks. Uh, hello, Mantan. Hello, Sam. Hello, Chimbo. My name is Miguel, and I'm based in in Madrid, and I also a theory here in Duit, and also a, as well as as Chimbo, uh, uh, as it, uh, a Kubernetes specialist. And yeah, I I'm Didn't... here glad to uh, to share with you all this all this Kita uh, framework that uh, that is exciting news for me. Uh, I hope that you like it. So we. As an industry, they decided to call it Kita, not Kata. Yeah, I think Kita, but maybe it's Kita. Kita, Kita is because Kita yeah. in Spanish sounds strange. Kita in Spanish sounds strange. Kita, but okay, I'm just making sure. No, I'm calling Kita. Yeah, uh, why don't you play on this chimbu? You say Kita or Kita? Uh, I say Kita. Okay, Kita is Kita because that's. Yeah, nah, potato, nah, potato, then yeah. Which what? All right, let's just get started um, with what is this thing? What is what is Kata? And you know, especially in the context of of Kubernetes, um, I have a follow up question on that because I fell through the Kubernetes rabbit hole, or I had to self educate myself, and I was asking myself some questions: Why the need for managed services when you have Kubernetes? What else needs to be managed? And now you have this additional thing called Kata. Kida, in my opinion, it fills the gap in or oh, it's a Kida uh, even driven out the uh, scaling, and it fills the gap with with HPA. HPA scales on some uh, metrics, on metrics, on CPU and memory, especially. But Kida scales on many other uh, metrics that can be external, can be uh, internal. Okay, so it's much, it's much more flexible when it comes to scaling your your workloads, and and properly. I say because some of the the, the problem with the HPA that it had to be in partially solved in HPA version two. HPA, sorry for the is horizontal part of the scaling. And uh, yeah, the thing is that uh, in my opinion, HPA is, is the scales in some some metrics that are not relevant for some use cases. So, is is Kida offers this flexibility that you can scale on so much things on. Or queues or, or queue and knowledge message you can scale on. There are many many things that you can do with Kida that you cannot do with HPA. So the 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 overall use cases increments a lot. So you can use it in much more places than you can use the regular or the standard HPA. In my opinion, it's an example use case. Yeah, for example, the simplest key use case on the number of messages that you receive on a, on, a, on a queue. On a queue can be uh, any type of queue. You can have a 
RabbitMQ, have an AWS SQS, GCP, PubSAP, I mean, any other type of internal queues. You can scale on many other metrics that you can think of, any any CloudWatch metrics. You can scale also on on the yeah, on many things on on all your on Chrome on Chrome data on Chrome entries on Chrome. You can you can have uh, many metrics. So the thing is that you can uh, on Prometheus metrics on queries on Prometheus metrics. On yeah, the the possibilities are endless. So I feel Miguel like we've spoken to you before about auto scaling. Uh, Kubernetes here on the podcast. Um, last time we were talking more about Carpenter. So maybe just for the for the people like me who haven't gone super deep on Kubernetes, maybe you can explain a little bit about the difference between what Kida is doing and what Carpenter are doing. Yeah, Kida is a framework that is used for scaling bots mostly. So the thing is that you will scale up your horizontally your workloads, but the thing is that you're targeting to scale bots can be deployments, can be jobs. Uh, all the type of 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 work uh, and yeah, most the regular the regular uh, the regular types uh, workload types in Kubernetes. But a carpenter is most focused or more targeted to scaling nodes because they will create uh, nodes on demand. So the thing is that, that the two both of them are complementary in my opinion because they they are for different purposes. So the thing is that you will scale your pods and when you need extra capacity, extra extra resources, you could use Carpenter to scale more fastly. But we can see on the demo that we are not using Carpenter today. We will save it for another day. Keep in mind that uh, that the, that we are scaling on a JK cluster. So a JK cluster does not have Carpenter, for example, but it can use Kida. But the JK uh, cluster can use the Cloud Auto Scaler, which is a standard way to that Kubernetes software to, to scale nodes. But yeah. They are both of them are can can, can uh, complement and can work for reducing your costs in the in the in the in the cloud. Right. So that that was the next thing that I was going to say. So we can use Carpenter and Keda in the case of AWS. We can use them in conjunction to scale. Firstly, the nodes with Carpenter, and then the pods with Keda. 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 Yeah. And that the the idea is also that can scale to zero, and you can scale to zero, you would reduce the number of nodes to zero, and it will reduce their cost. I'm going to put out a poll after this and ask if it's. Is it is it Kida or Kida? But spell it the same way. But I bet you everyone everyone voices it will voice it the yeah. same way in their head. Or Kida, Kida. I would say Kida. Kida. Uh, um, yeah. How to um, at, at a at a basic level, how does it work? How does Kida work? Okay, so the idea is that you have uh, uh, some kind of when you install Kida on your cluster, you will have access to a, a set of 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 CRDs of custom resource definition that. Are, matching the the most important of them are the scale job and the scale object so you define how you would like to scale your deployments or stateful sets uh on or you would like to scale your 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 jobs that's the two options that it offers uh, as of today and yeah the thing is that they they, they you will like that you will the you will deploy the same way that you deploy your application because it's a specification, it's like a custom result definition, and you can include it on your regular uh, uh, tool chain in order to deploy this, uh, to deploy the, the application and, and the scale object or the scale job, uh, uh, the scale job uh, specification. So it will it will it will adapt to your current uh, uh, tooling, and that would be all. You will have also that 
that it integrates with many cloud providers in order to grant permissions because Kida does work with many, uh, let's say so, uh, the cloud provider services, such as, for example, if you need, Kida needs to know to scale which has the number of acknowledged messages that you have on your BAPSAP queue. It can uh, ask the, 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 it can ask the API and then it needs permissions to ask this API. So it integrates with several APIs and several, uh, with all the APIs in, in uh, because it says, you have different scalers called the scaler. Each scaler is targeted to a specific type of resource, and this resource is uh, backed by a cloud uh, by a cloud provider resource. So, for example, you have a scaler to scale on a PubSub queue. A different scaler will scale on a SQSQ. Another scaler will 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 do it on a yeah type of different resource on a CloudWatch metric. So you will need access to different type of APIs, and you will need to integrate with the cloud providers IAM services. Okay, so the so you won't have enough permissions to, to do the, the key that does have the enough permissions to call these APIs and obtain information it needs. And from that information, Kida will create uh, a standard HPA, okay, and it will be changing the, the, the definition of the HPA uh, on in runtime uh, uh, with the metrics that it obtains from the cloud provider. Okay, for example, in, if we are going to be to check on a PubSub queue, where it checks, it's checking constantly each time it's polling this API to check for the number of our knowledge messages, and it will create and modify the HPA definition, the standard HPA definitions to match the required uh, uh, number of replicas that you need on your deployment, for example. With regards to, so from what I get, Scalar just detects when a workload needs to be scaled. Uh, yes. That's, that's uh, the job. catch that if you if you mention it before because you mentioned scaler, but that's what a scaler's job is. Yeah, you scale the scale job or the scale object definition. It, it yeah, it will provide okay where I need to trigger my uh, my deployment. Okay, so it's depending on the scaler, you will have to define a different uh, type of trigger that it will check. Okay, for example, in my trigger each type. Let's let's continue with the sample of the BabTab queue. I have a five. A pending message on my queue. I want to scale one replica in, and then uh, it will do. It will do. It will check the, the queue constantly, and it's, it is checking, for example, around twenty, and a number of acknowledged messages. It will create uh, four replicas. It will try to create four replicas to to match the the trigger. Okay, so it will be. It's the same. For example, when it tries to scale down the replicas, it's the same. It has a cooldown period, and it will say it detects that you are not the the trigger has been. The threshold of the trigger has not been uh, is not matching, it's, it's not it's not uh, so it tries to reduce the the, the load. And you also you you need to adjust this this. Uh, we will see it later that we can check uh, the the anatomy of a scale uh, object at a scale object definition, and you can adjust these uh, parameters of the of the spec in order to scale faster, scale the be more responsive or be more, uh, more aggressive when it comes to scaling. Or be more conservative and try to scale when there are more. Uh, more the, the, I mean, the thing is that it makes sense because sometimes you don't want to to, to create lots of replicas because you don't want to just a little bit, and you can also limit the amount of replicas that you want. You can have uh, the default uh, replicas uh, if you are uh, that that you want to be scaled. So the thing is that it's very very 
is very very complete at, at this at you there are plenty of possibilities that you can do in order to control how you specifically want to scale up and scale down your notes Jimbu, uh miguel mentioned the wide range of so he gave a lot of examples as far as event sources um in general yep. how does how does meta authenticate with these external providers to, to check for these events how is that connection yeah. made yeah yeah, that's a good question. So can I provide a few secure pattern to enable the authentication flows? How can all the scalers you define can connect to the external providers to get the metrics? So there are like uh, three different authentication flow you can use. The first one is called uh, the configure authentication per scaled object. So you create a scaled object for a deployment or for a stateful set, and then you define your authentication. That means like only for this uh, particular scale adopter, only for the deployment, the scaler can able to get the to contact the external provider and collect the metrics it requires. Uh, and another way is like so if you want if you don't want to control the authentication flow at the scale adopter, if you want to enable the authentication flow the, for the entire namespace, yes, you can able to do that by using trigger authentication. You can create a trigger authentication resource at the namespace level, and then you configure your authentication provider configuration there. And then Kana can use that one to authenticate all the scale objects that you created in the particular namespace, can reuse that authentication provider to get the metrics. And another thing is like cluster trigger authentication provider. Let's say you want to enable global credentials, you don't want to maintain namespace level or uh, scaled object level authentication flow. You just want to have an authentication flow created at the cluster level and then use that for the uh, uh, external metrics collection, then you can use that cluster trigger authentication. So, so these are like three ways you can manage the authentication flow uh, per deployment level, or per namespace level, or per cluster level. So, Kira gives you the flexibility uh, to choose which one you want depending on your requirement. Uh, some of the authentication provided examples like uh, Azure Active Directory pod identity, Azure Active Directory workload identity, GCP workload identity. A hash cup vault secrets and then pod identity for AWS. The other, uh, you can also define the authentication uh, configuration at the environment level. So one of the advantages in this one is like you don't need to generate any long-term credentials for the authentication providers. So it's not like temporary credentials. Kara can just uh, get a temporary credentials and then use that one to uh, connect to the external provider. That simplifies how it connects and how it manages the authentication. Miguel, I heard you mention. Um... Scaled object, scaled job. Um, could we cover a little more in detail um, what those are in Keda? Yeah, the scale object are the definitions that when you want to uh, uh, yet trigger or to uh, how are you going to do that triggering of the to the of the creating new replicas or scaling down the new replicas for a, a given workload. So basically, when you define a scale object specification, you will have to match a deployment. In the case of the of the scale object, you will have to match a deployment or a stateful set that it refers to. So is the is the scale object refers always to a, a deployment or to the stateful set. In the in the case of the scale job, it refers to a to a job, okay? To a job. So the thing is that this is Kubernetes primitives that are being uh, taken care of by the by the scale object and the scale job. And basically you're defining parameters of the polling interval. How much do I need to check that the, the Kida controller is going to to check for the for the triggering? And it needs to the, to create a new replica. So you can also go on that. You can go on the minimal replica count that you need that you want for your for your for your workload. It would be the minimum can be zero 
Okay, so you can scale from zero. And then you have the max replica count and the maximum number of replicas that you, you want, uh, you can limit to be created. And the thing is that you, is, yeah, we recommend always to put a, a limit on the, on the because it, it, you know, have the, it is unbounded, it can uh, increment higher the cost because if it dies, it will constantly check the API and the, the, if the condition is, or the threshold is met, it will trigger another, it will launch another replica. So you can, uh, you can get out of resources. Yes. Uh, quickly and now we have the the different triggers and we said different scalers have different type of triggers that it matches okay the condition that uh, that needs to be met the thresholds the conditions that need to be met to trigger uh, a new replica or to scale down or to destroy uh, a rep an existing replica of the of the of the workload so right now uh, we have um, plenty of uh, plenty of scalers these scalers uh, differs. Uh, each scaler is configured differently. You can see on the Kida web page how each specific scaler is configured and what it needs to be uh, configured in order to trigger uh, a new replica. So the thing is that, uh, for example, in the pub sub, you need to uh, we're checking for the some parameters of the specific topic that we need in order to check, for example, the number of acknowledged message that are on a queue for any SQSQ, you could do a def, uh, more or less the same, but in other places in, in Prometheus, for example, are based on, on a prompt QL metric that you can define on the, on the scaling job and in the, is this, and then on the, if the query responds something that you will, and then later you can trigger. So the thing is that there are very, many ways to configure and it's depending on the scale, on the scaler that you choose. Okay. You can have different scalers for uh, the same uh, for the same uh, for the same word block. I mean, you, sorry, different triggers for the same word block. You don't have to define also one. You can define several triggers. If each one time with uh, a SIP, one of them is is, is matched that the, the replica will step will will be created. But uh, yeah, the thing is that you can have a lot of flexibility when it comes to how to configure the, the scaled objects and the scaled jobs that are part of the custom resources definitions that Elkida offers. Am I correct in that custom metrics and external metrics are not the same thing in the context of, of Kada? Does Kada use one or the other or are they the same thing? Functional wise, they both are same. Both custom metrics and external metrics allows you to perform scaling using uh, additional metrics that are not part of the standard uh, HPA, like CPU or memory. So what a difference like just the uh, way it's implemented. So custom metrics is nothing but the applications that are the, uh, the metrics that are directly coming from your application that are running in the Kubernetes cluster. For example, let's say you are running a workload uh, and that's exposing some metrics that exposes some metrics apart from CPU and memory, it exposes some metrics related to the amount of um, message currently processing or amount of HTTP request it currently processing that is directly exposed by the application itself. You can use that, you can then uh, collect the metrics using Prometheus and then you can use that metrics to perform scaling. So that's called custom metrics. So external metrics is nothing but the metrics that are coming outside the, outside the Kubernetes cluster, maybe directly coming from the cloud provider like AWS and Azure and GCP or some, some other products like Datadog 
or AppDynamics yeah you can directly collect the metrics from the external providers and then use it so that's why it's called external metrics so functionally both external metrics or custom metrics are same you can use both in your HPA configuration to allow Kubernetes to perform scaling uh, it's just like from where you're getting the metrics the name differs so so for that example Chimbu I could uh, for example have a um, a workload that's, that's basing and scaling off a queue that's external to the cluster, maybe an SQS queue or a RabbitMQ, whatever. Um, and then I can scale based on how many jobs are in the queue as opposed to how much CPU my cluster's using or my, my, my node pool's using. Yes, that's correct. So that's the advantage of uh, uh, KEDA. So you can be able to perform, uh, as you need the scaled object here, yeah? when you create scaled object, you can define how you want to perform scaling. You can be able to perform scaling with multiple metrics. You can able to, you can use, just use the CPU metrics, or you can just use uh, memory metrics, and you can also use the metrics that you are collecting like, that are external to a cluster. So you can, you can define all this condition in a single scaled object, and then uh, when scaling occurs, Keda just checks like checks the metrics that are published, and then after scaling can trigger depending on the condition. If any one of this condition met, then yeah, HPA will trigger the after scaling. Well, I understand you have a demo later that we'll that we'll do later on, but before we get into that, um, in general, for someone who's listening right now and is just wants general best practices. If they're choosing to use Kata, if they want to, if they want to explore Kata, what would you say are just the general best practices? And maybe, maybe as well, maybe we can relate those best practices to maybe you can share some uh, some tickets you've worked on with customers that either showcase the result of not following best practices or you know something like that. Because I know you 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 guys help customers with lots of uh, lots of stuff around Kata, and so. I think it'd be really cool if you could share some stories in the context of best practices, what not to do, what to do. Regarding the best practices, uh, yeah, the thing is that would be the to choose the right scaler for the job that you want to, how you want to scale, and uh, which are the the uh, standard methods that Simbu has mentioned of the custom methods you want to scale on. So that would be important. The thing is that the, uh, that would be probably determined in the type of scaler and how you want to going to configure your uh, your scale object or a scale or a scale job, and then will be that the second one that you have to set a real a realistic uh, threshold. So you want to, because if not, you will be either underperforming or over, over, over. Uh, yeah, you define it. You know, define it. Really, you would be underperforming, but you would be able to create replicas at the expected. Uh, at the expected rate, and if you are over the, over the over the limit, over creating replicas, you will be uh, wasting resources. Okay, so the thing is that you need to to find the the right compromise between the uh, the, the 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 amount of resources that need uh, to be taken to 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 uh, to get the job done. And yeah, because if you are everyone can scale a lot, and then the thing is that okay, you have I have been able to, but the, the thing is that try to adjust it. Probably so you can you can only spike you can only uh, scale when there is really spikes and they are not scaling and over are wasting resources okay and yeah they when it will be the using multiple triggers for the same scale target it will be a a good idea because it would be it will also how to it will it will adapt, to adapt your triggers to, you don't have to only to define one 
fits all rules. You can have several rules or several triggers that can you uh, you can define, and then you can be uh, more responsive to some situation that you know it's happening. Okay, and then it also will try to yeah. And the thing is that all the and and one of the benefits is all the auto scaling rules are in that single place. On and then you can check it one by one and and check what it which is which are the the best or which are the best for you. And yeah, the thing is that the uh, the the, key, the, 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 the HPA that we, the key that we create will calculate the metrics for every scaler. Then you have have several scalers on the same workload. Okay, several distinct different scalers. When I mean different scalers, I'm scaling on a queue and scaling on another on memory. You can have both of them at the same time. You don't have to choose between one or another. But the thing is that it would overcomplicate also the how you are. Uh, how you are scaling. So the, the, the thing to understand is it will be better to adjust if you are using several uh, several scale, different scalers to on the same workload, you need to, to make sure that you have clear trigger thresholds so you are not, uh, you don't have uh, unexpected, unexpected results. I don't know if Chindu has anything to add to. I'm sure have, what, three or four, but... Yeah, sure. Yeah, so uh, one thing I would like to add on top of what Miguel said, like in, in, in terms of setting up the uh, realistic trigger threshold, as you know that uh, KEDA allows you to uh, scale to zero. So for example, if your application is not performing um, such processing, uh, not performing heavy task, it can be able to scale down into zero. So when you're setting up a scale down into scale down the minimum replicas value to zero, you need to be aware that uh, uh, when a new message comes in or when a new request comes in, there will be a delay uh, in launching and creating a new container or creating a new pod and then start processing it. So use the uh, scale to zero while need to the application that can stand disruption. Don't go for like scale to zero for all the application. For example, if your application is processing incoming HTTPS request, um, then definitely don't use scale to zero because you your application may want to respond immediately, but if your application is doing message processing, you can use uh, a scale to zero to ensure that uh, you know you're not running, you're not wasting your compute uh, uh, when the application is not actively doing anything. Apart from that, other best practices like ensure you upgrade Kira regularly because Kira is actively developed. It recently moved to GA, so there are new feature and bug bug fixes are released regularly. So it is important to upgrade Kira. And also ensure that your Kira is up to date uh, with your Kubernetes version, so it's not unblocking your Kubernetes uh, cluster upgrade. So that's the common issue we normally see in the customer where they use Kira, but they they don't perform upgrades. But later, when Kubernetes reaches end of life, when they try to upgrade Kubernetes, then Kira stopped working. It it affects all their auto scaling functionality. So ensure that you frequently upgrade Kira and uh, so that it's not unblocking any issue. Anything. Uh, another common requirement we normally see from customers like whether they can use Kira to perform scaling for HTTP workloads. So of course, yeah, Kira you can able to perform scaling using different metrics. And as Miguel said, like there are a lot of out of the box scalers currently provided by Kira, but currently there is no out of the box scaler for HTTP workload. But uh, that is an add-on scaler, something called Kira HTTP add-on scaler that is currently in experimental stage. Uh, if you want to try that one, yeah, you can use that uh, add, uh, the additional scaler to collect metrics from your HTTP workloads, and then you can be able to scale it like based on number of requests or number of response time. One thing you need to be aware: it's still in experimental stage, so it's not recommended for production. 
and or if you are or you can use Prometheus scalar so you can collect metrics from different targets and then you can use that particular metrics to perform scaling so we helped a lot of our customers uh, 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 implement auto scaling with Keda using uh, this HTTP Adam scaler as well as Prometheus and as, as Sam asked like uh, whether you can use Keda with uh, other Kubernetes frameworks like Prometheus and Carpenter for auto scaling yes uh, we help customers using Keda uh, and Carpenter in AWS to perform auto-scaling for both the workloads as well as communities nodes. Uh, in terms of GKE, uh, we, we help customers using Kira with the existing cluster auto-scaler to perform both auto-scaling for uh, GKE nodes as well as the workloads. Yeah, so yeah, so we receive uh, different questions on different uh, configuration uh, queries from our customers when it comes to Kira or like whether uh, which uh, metrics will be reliable to use, how to configure scaled objects. So we help customers with those queries as well. So on, on that, what are... um, Chimba, sorry, Matan, just to cut you off for a sec. Um, I, I recently had a customer that was a little confused with Keda and yeah. removed the cluster autoscaler from within their Kubernetes cluster. I think it was in GKE. Yeah. Uh, removed the cluster autoscaler thinking that Keda would manage everything. Um, but that, by the sound of things, is a very much a wrong thing to do. Uh, yeah, so Keda is just an add-on on top of your existing Kubernetes cluster. It doesn't replace the autoscaling functionality for your compute. You still need to use the cluster autoscaler in GKE to perform scaling for your Kubernetes nodes. Keda can able to perform autoscaling for your application or for your pods. So you can't, so cluster autoscaler can't be replaced with Keda. So one thing, uh, I'm surprised if they disable uh, cluster autoscaler in GKE because uh, it's a fully managed component, which you can't disable in GKE. Of course, you can you can install a cluster autoscaler in your EKS cluster and you can remove it if you don't want. But in GKE, cluster autoscaler can't be disabled, but it, 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 it's and Keda is not replacing the functionality what cluster autoscaler or carpenter is doing. There's every chance I've mixed those two up. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> No, the thing is that if you remove the cloud the scaler, uh, the thing is that, that you will be using Kida, but the thing is that Kida will scale and you don't have capacity to, enough to scale on your existing nodes, you will be, I mean, you, you won't be able to to uh, to continue scaling. That would be all. But the thing is that this uh, for different purposes. I, uh, I'm wondering what are some of the more common mistakes that you, you're seeing customers make when they're configuring Kida? Uh, one one example I can give is like where our customer uh, used Keda in combination with horizontal pod autoscaler. So they created uh, one horizontal pod autoscaler that is mapped to one deployment. And in Keda, when you create the scaled object, it creates an uh, HPA configuration on its own. So that created a conflict. So as Miguel said, like don't combine Keda scaled object with your own horizontal pod autoscaler. So when you create a scaled object resource, what Kira is actually doing is like it creates a, a horizontal power autoscaler resource with all the scaling uh, configuration. So you don't need to create any horizontal power autoscaler uh, on a resource on your own. So when you have two, when you have, when you have two different different HPA configuration, it will affect the autoscaling functionality of your communities either. Yeah. So in that case, the customer expects the workload to scale uh, from one to uh, select in workloads, 10 ports, depending based on the uh, scaling configuration, but Kubernetes was unable to scale it, it got stuck, and it was slowing all the random errors. So that's a common mistake we normally see with customers, like they are thinking like they can 
use two different uh, resources for scaling. So uh, ideally, yeah, you should not. Another thing is like some customers just use static credentials to allow uh, the scaler to collect the metrics from the uh, cloud providers. So just a common mistake, like in that case, you need to uh, maintain all the credentials uh, on your way. You need to ensure it's properly rotated and it's properly uh, there are security uh, um, uh, configuration in place to protect the secrets. So one of the best practices like use the inbuilt uh, authentication mechanism. For example, in GKE, you can use the workload identity to allow the scaler uh, to connect to the external, uh, to connect the metrics from GCP monitoring. Uh, in uh, EKS, you can use the pod identity to collect the metrics from CloudWatch. So that's uh, that's a, that's another a common uh, configuration issue we see with the customers using static credentials. So don't use static credentials. Use the inbuilt authentication mechanism coming with Kubernetes guy. Whether if you're using a managed cloud provider, use an inbuilt mechanism to allow uh, scaler uh, to connect the metrics. And other uh, other issues I had already mentioned is like uh, customers miss to upgrade uh, Keda frequently. So and which affects their Kubernetes cluster upgrades. So ensure you think. You update Kubernetes, update Kena whenever a new release is there. Check whether it's matching your Kubernetes cluster version, and ensure it's updated. You so that you can take advantage of the new functionality, as well as uh, all the security uh, bugs are fixed. Miguel or Chimbu, are there any other final things um, before we cut to a demo um, that you know you're helping customers with kind of frequently? Anything, any any frequently occurring tickets, requests around Keda? Yeah, some, sometimes that we have seen uh, customers that have tried to install Keda for the first time and then they're finding troubles uh, in it, configuring it because sometimes the Keda is not just not about installing the the Helm chart. You have to do more more jobs. Like, uh, for example, uh, we have seen some customers that have trouble installing Keda and JK clusters and they have to enable uh, additional firewall rules that are in order to uh, to allow the Kita controller to talk with the with the control plane, and that yeah that that would be and they see that they have installed Kita and the, and they they are configured at scale job correctly, but the thing is that Kita is not scaling because Kita it it works is as Jimbo has already mentioned is that on that you put on on your JK cluster and it communicates with the with the control plane and it needs. Uh, Need some additional firewall rules in JKE for to communicate with, to to allow that communication, and that would be some things that we have seen, and uh, yeah, we have helped our customers with also recommendations. I guess this is the part where I tell any people who are listening to the audio version of this on the, on a, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we are going to cut over to a live demo. Um, this demo is going to be basically um a scale from zero keda demo so if you're interested in that um switch over to the youtube version of this uh so the thing is that we are going in with uh, the uh, demo on skype to zero so the thing is that i'm going to describe this scenario that we are going to use in order for to to for this demo we have a jk cluster that we have deployed on our sandbox environment at the jk cluster already has let me show you one thing. It's already has created Kida installed. The latest one of the latest version of Kida is installed on the cluster. And then we have several node pools 
where we are going to put our uh, application. The application that we are going to scale is uh, has two components. One of them is a deployment with an APA. Okay, it's an HTTP exposed APA. We are exposing this APA API, sorry, uh, uh, through a node balancer, an external node balancer, so that we are using an HTTP uh, uh, JSON API, and we will try to load test this API. So the thing is that this API what puts uh, message on a pub sub queue, okay, and uh, we are going to how does it does it scale all the way down, okay? So we have. Uh, now we have uh, created a node pool with an API node pool. We have uh, another node pool for the worker API. We have two deployments. Remember, we have the API deployment, which is an HTTP API. And we have another deployment, which is we say the worker deployment, which is going to take message from the queue, okay? And it's going to scale on KIDA, okay? We're going to use KIDA to scale that, uh, the deployment that is the worker deployment. So right now, two components. One of them, uh, HTTP API. We will try to load test the API. The API will scale also. And then we will we will, uh, we will will have uh, another component, another deployment. Uh, it will, it will, the API will put message on a sub pub sub queue. And we will take message from the pub sub queue and we will scale the, uh, base it on the number of knowledge or the pending messages on that, sub, on that pub sub queue uh, with KIDA, okay? That would be the scenario that we are, the, the, the environment that we have uh, for testing. And the scenario, we are going to test, we are going, before that, we are going to build into some kind of the, of how is the, 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 the scale objects that we have been talking before. This is a scale object specification. As can you see the, you can see also triggering the authentication, which is the, the trigger authentication is the the, the way that Chimbo has mentioned before. We are using to authenticate to the PubSub API to fetch the number of of pending messages that are on our topic. Okay, and then we have the scale object that is present our deployment, the worker deployment. We have a polling interval of ten, and a minimum replica count of zero, and a maximum replica count of ten. So we are going to scale from zero and we're going to build to a maximum of 10 pods, replicas, and with a countdown, cooldown period of 15 seconds. The trigger that we use for this specific uh, scale object would be a subscription size. I mean, the number of knowledge messages that are on a specific subscription on a specific topic, okay? That we have created also. On That would be the, the thing. Remember, we are going to combine this with an API, and the API is going to, to auto-scale on the node balancing capacity utilization. Where is, this is a, a standard, a regular uh, HPA version 2, and we are going to go from 1, because we want our API to be ready when, in, when the first, we don't want to scale to 0, why would it be, because it will take more time to, to scale up the, the node, so the thing is that we will be uh, we will be, be uh, yeah, losing some of the requests. So the thing is that at least one one needs to be ready. One replica needs to be ready to respond to the to the messages. And the idea that we we are going to scale in this way, the API is going to scale on the external load balancer uh, uh, capacity utilization metric, 
okay, and our workloads, our uh, worker is going to scale with Kida based on the number of pending messages that are on a PAPSA queue. The API will put uh, on a uh, message on a specific queue, we're going to scale Kida. And later for our test, the last thing we're going to use is K6. K6 is a load test framework. And we're going to send uh, the payload that we're going to send to the to the to our application to our HTTP API. It would be this one, uh, and that, that it will be constantly polling, and we will use uh, 200 virtual users, and it will and the test will will last for uh, two minutes. Okay. Let's start with the with the with the with the test. We will launch the test. While we are launching the test, and we, this is, we will check, uh, we can check another thing that we have done. We can see on the worker side, the, the Brooklyn worker, that it, we have no replicas right now. So we have to scale from zero. Okay. And we can check also on the, on the API, on the deployment API, that we have only one. Okay. And we can check on the, Look in the subscription that the number of, of pending messages is zero. Okay. And let's, we have deployed the CubeOps view on our cluster. So we are uh, basically seeing the, how our nodes are, are behaving. Sorry, because this is not actually showing very good. I think that the thing is that we're scaling the API right now. Okay. As you can see here, the API is scaling basically to our requests. Let me update this one. Thing while we can go here and we can check the the, other, the same thing. The API is being uh, being scaled, but you see, get us a scale level because the thing is that we need to scale up the node. So that that's the thing that that one of the beauties of Kida or this auto scaling. That the thing is that we're scaling from a reduced capacity, a reduced amount of nodes. You don't have to uh, lots of nodes waiting for the job to to uh, for the for the for the spike to come. So we are creating nodes on demand with the cloud auto scaler. Okay, and then we are going to cope with the with the capacity. So the thing is that once these nodes have been created, we will check it here, and you can see that the nodes have been created, and they are showing here. Okay. Yes, venga. Here. Yeah. Entonces, están apagando todo el chufo. ¿Cuál de quién es? No puede. Arriba no puede. Diez minutos. Diez minutos. Diez minutos. Sí. Ya. Okay, Martin. Okay, uh, yeah. Thank you. Okay, uh, so the idea is that you have the this uh, this capacity is on demand. Is you're getting the capacity on demand. So the thing is that you are uh, you're expecting to have a lot of uh, spikes. You can scale from little capacity to up to to higher capacity with these uh, scalers. And the, and the thing is that you later. Be the the cloud auto scaler will take uh, uh, the 
will take care of the nodes that are not being used and it will reduce the again the capacity of your cluster so the thing is that you need to be aware of these uh these things right now we have on on the on key as i see we have created with more more worker outputs in order to to cope with the capacity if you can see the the workers also have been created there have been created several workers and also to 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 match so we are scaling on the api and we are scaling on the on the worker okay and the thing is that we are seeing that the that the messages are being are being consumed as when they are generated by the api so we have these two pieces that they're scaling independently and we can do it both one of the things that we can do remember is that chimbu uh, said about the the KIDA HTTP add-on. So the thing is that right now it's not production ready, but in the future it will be. So you can schedule your API, HTTP API, uh, uh, independently from your uh, backend or your or your or your workers applications that are uh, some kind of batches. So you can scale and decouple the the API being responsive, keep the API being responsive, and and decouple the 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 the, the worker. The worker, uh, the worker work, the worker workloads, and use, for example, this buffer, this pops up queue, in order for the production consumer puddle. Okay, so you would be able to to do both things, to scale on both of them, and that will be more or less the the thing. If you want to continue with the with the demo, the demo will take more time to catch up with the. With the required uh, with the required workload, but right now we're going to interrupt it, and then the thing is that yeah, you can see that is taking more time to create the these these workloads. But the thing is that it's working on that, and the thing is that we have seen that we are scaling, and later when the when the workload is is finished, we will be able to uh, to reduce the workload again. As you can see, it's very graphical. We're going to create this one. We can check the messages here. But the thing is that remember that we have all the messages that have been processed here. Okay, you reach to a peak, and then it go suddenly drop down when it started to process all the messages. Okay, so that will be all for the demo today. Uh, please uh, keep tuned with us, and then uh, yeah, we have we can we will share it in the future this code if you want to be, uh, you want to to yeah. You want to inspire yourself with the with the, with our code, and then you are very welcome to use it in your own yeah. uh, projects. All right, Chimbu Miguel uh, shared a lot about about Kata. I'm sure all the all the folks who are using Kubernetes will appreciate it. Um, thanks, Miguel, again for jumping on. Thank thank you, Chimbu, for for uh, being a guest for the first time with us. Um, to those listening, we hope you got some value out of this, out of this episode and we'll see you at the next one. Thanks everyone. Sure. Thanks everyone. Bye. Cloud Masters is a Doit Multimedia production hosted by Matan Bordo, a product marketing manager at Doit, and Sam Clark, a technical account manager at Doit. Our guests today were Miguel de Lucas Manzano and Jimbu Shinaduri, both senior cloud architects at Doit. Editing and production of Cloudmasters is handled by me, Crispin Stanbeck, multimedia content producer at Doit. To listen to more episodes of Cloudmasters and to learn more about how Doit delivers the true promise of the cloud, visit doit.com. Doit.